0: Right, welcome back to episode 27 of Inside Illini Football. I'm News Gazette Sports Editor Matt Daniels, refreshed after a week of vacation.
1: Yeah, first vacation you taken in, in quite some time, but and, uh, we had to take a week off the podcast as a result, so now the podcast is also refreshed.
0: And that's the voice of Do Everything Colin Likas, who is not refreshed, no. because he works himself to the bone sometimes.
1: Yeah, so do you, it's fine. We all do it.
0: But we're here, back again. Scott Beatty does it. He's filling in for Red Bot. There you go. All kinds of fill-ins all over the place. Good news, though, today. today Mm -hmm. Today's Wednesday, July 28th. Colin, you know what happens exactly one month from today?
1: I don't Illinois sh- football season starts <laughs> you actually shocked me for a second I was thinking of the date and for some reason my brain thought it was my sister's birthday my sister's birthday is July 18th it already <laughs> happened so that's how like all over the place I am right now but I was like that's why I paused because my brain kind of broke for a second yes Illinois football opens a month from today against Nebraska at Memorial Stadium
0: would be cool if it was in Dublin but uh, oh yeah you know, the pandemic kind of ruined those those plans of uh Visiting the capital city of Ireland and said you get to come to Champaign, which is... (laughs) Illinois fans are okay with that. Easier on the travel budget.
1: Yep. See, uh, we'll see. I mean, I know everybody has been talking um, about getting Memorial Stadium packed. That was kind of a go-to phrase at Big Ten Media Days for Brett Bielma and his three athletes who showed up. We'll see how that comes through. I mean... Obviously, Bielema and his staff have built up a ton of goodwill, so I think Illinois fans are pretty willing to leave the Lovey Smith era in the past and come out and see what this new product looks like, even though it's a lot of the same kids as the previous product. Um, I think the pandemic happening obviously helps with that, too, people being forced to stay away. Uh, from Illinois football last year I don't know if it'll be a full house, I'm curious about that But I think they'll turn out probably better than most any game they've had in the last I don't know how many years, probably quite a few years, wouldn't you think?
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the the crowd looks like Before we get into that, though, it would be remiss to, to not mention off the top uh, mm-hmm. Since we recorded our last podcast, the, uh, the tragic death of, of mm-hmm. Bobby Roundtree the, the former Illinois defensive end uh, died almost two weeks ago uh, down in Florida. Uh, just, uh, just heartbreaking news to to hear. Uh, only 23 years old. Uh, his story and his journey has, has been well documented uh, on on these airwaves and, and in the pages of the news Gazette. Uh, but he's been paralyzed. He was paralyzed the last two years after a swimming accident in, in May 2019. And then uh, kind of served as an inspirational figure for mm. not only the, the Illinois football program, but thousands out there that, that followed his recovery on, on social media with the, the various videos he would post and the motivational sayings he would have. And it uh, just kind of caught everyone by surprise, and uh, especially too because he had tweeted the night, I think the day before uh, his, his death. And yes. uh, it's still kind of jarring even almost two weeks uh, after the fact mm-hmm. to, to – talk about this and um, just y- your hearts go out to, to those close to him and, and to his family and uh, just the, the struggles that, that they've had to endure uh, these last couple of years and uh, you know, you think back to, to all the positive memories that, that Bobby oh, Tree yeah. left on, on this earth in a short amount of time and uh, Callan I know you were in Indianapolis last Thursday and, mm-hmm. and it was part of that, that media scrum uh, surrounding Josh Whitman and he was asked about Bobby Roundtree and, and his voice caught, mm-hmm. you know, a few few times there, and, and understandably so. Uh, Bobby Roundtree's been at the the forefront of a lot of people's minds in Champaign Urbana and, and connected with the Illinois football program for the better part of, of two years, and uh, just just uh, heartfelt condolences to all those that uh, you know were affected by his death and, and will still be affected moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hearts out to the family. Condolences. And prayers out to the Roundtree family and to the Illinois football family uh, as well. Yeah, Bobby's impact on the program obviously cannot be understated or overstated, can't be anything stated. Mm -hmm. I can't do words right now, but regardless, Bobby Roundtree's impact on the program was immense. Uh, Even Brett Bielema said you know, he he obviously didn't know Bobby as well as many other people, Uh, but he still got a pretty quick understanding of what Roundtree meant to this program pretty much as soon as he he joined on. Roundtree was still working really hard. You could see his videos pretty much every Friday on Twitter of him performing some sort of um, uh, exercise athletic-related feat, trying to get himself toward being able to 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 walk again first and foremost Um, and uh, yeah, obviously this came out of nowhere it's not like he was dealing with something or at least not that we outwardly Mm -hmm. dealing with something Uh, and then just uh, passed away this seemed to come right out of the blue and that's what make it made it all the more shocking Um, so yeah, I think Illinois has got something a little extra to play for in that regard this coming season. A lot of these guys that are on this team, because there's so many super seniors and fifth year seniors, um, a lot of these guys knew Bobby Roundtree. They played alongside Bobby Roundtree and they were inspired by him, uh, after his, uh, paralyzation, uh, continued talking with him from afar, um, I know ideas have been floated about ways to remember Bobby. Josh Whitman said, you know, we're already in the process. We are talking about trying to find the right way to remember him. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a patch or a helmet decal, something small that goes on the jersey or the helmet each time they go out out of the field this year. At the very least, uh, maybe down the line, something like... um, Somebody wears Bobby Roundtree's number, mm-hmm. but the, the name Roundtree stays on the back yeah. the entire time, regardless of who that individual is, who wears it. Um, I know the idea was also kind of floated about maybe retiring the number, but I think they probably want to do something a little more concretely consistently visible. Well I
0: think it's a way to just keep his legacy alive if you keep number 97 in in play and and we've seen that with another sport at the University of Illinois in in men's basketball uh, with number 25 being worn by uh, Illini who uh, played their high school basketball at Chicago Mm -hmm. Simeon in in honor of the late Ben Wilson the the phenom in the mid-1980s that was was murdered in in Chicago Mm -hmm. and was likely going to come to Illinois and you've seen Players wear that <clears throat> uniform number, and uh, you know Deion Thomas, Nick Anderson come to mind immediately. Just to, to honor him, and uh, maybe that's something Illinois football does too with uh, with ninety seven down the road to to give it to a deserving player that can continue continue his legacy. And, and we'll mm-hmm. get a chance to see what Illinois does to honor him in in a month or so yeah. uh, when the season kicks off against Nebraska. Noon kickoff here in Champaign, uh, big basically the game of the week, uh, week zero. I know there's I think four or five other college football games that. Are happening that Saturday, but uh, Illinois Nebraska is the only one between Power Five uh, opponents. And uh, I guess, Kyle, what was your big takeaway from being over at Lucas Oil Stadium in in Indy in relation to Illinois football? Kind of, uh, you know, being the first one to go, and uh, Brett Bielema being the, you know, the only new head coach in the Big Ten now going into the twenty twenty one season.
1: Right. Yeah, um, I think the vibe around Illinois there was optimistic, probably cautiously optimistic I would say there's certainly intrigue surrounding the program which is something you couldn't say toward the end of lovey Smith's tenure I don't think there was much intrigue outside of champagne or Urbana and even that was dwindling as well as his tenure came to a close. Um I think uh, the 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 big time media at large as well as some of the national media are just curious to see what a new Brett bielema led college program can look like after his time at Wisconsin. Uh, and Arkansas, but especially the time at Wisconsin, just because it's another Big Ten school. I know a lot of the chatter, uh, a lot of the lines of questioning from people more outside of this area was more on Bielema's past image of being a little little cocky, being a little bit of a bad boy coach, (laughs) and uh, people wondering, you know, are you going to coach this team the same way you coached your teams at Wisconsin? Are we going to see a lot of flair, a lot of confidence, a lot of uh, boisterous really good, uh, nature from you? A lot of really good running backs. Yeah, all that too. Lines. Yeah, they weren't they weren't as concerned about that, but <laughs> I, I'm sure Brett Bielema is. But, you know, I, I, th- I think that's, uh, at the very least, there's intrigue surrounding this program right now, which is something you couldn't really say when Lovey Smith's time ended, so... Um, Yeah, I mean, them being in week zero obviously helps with that. Uh, Talking or listening to, I should say, Scott Frost, he definitely thinks his program has what it takes to to finally rebound and and get on the right track after some down years early on in his tenure. Um, So, you know, maybe uh, I I know on this podcast I've kind of said I think Illinois has a pretty good chance of winning this opening game against Nebraska. Uh, Scott Frost seems to think his team has the upper hand uh, even going on the road for the opener, so I'm curious to see how these two teams clash now because uh, a lot of confidence on both sides. I didn't expect Scott Frost to say, okay, my team sucks <laughs> and we're just going to go in there and lose and go home. But still, I mean, it's uh, he definitely has a, a higher outlook for his program than I maybe would have ex- anticipated or expected. So. Um, Big time yeah. Media
0: Days are always good in, in the sense one, two, to have them back after after not having them last season and, and the uncertainty that ensued around the sport uh, last summer because of the pandemic, but also because of the fact that every team and coach is so optimistic right. uh, about their season. It's also a great way to kind of get in the m- mindset that college football is kind of right around the corner, even though it is still a month away and a lot can change in depth charts and, and things like that in, in the next you know three to four weeks, but. Um, I guess, Colin, having covered it for the first time last mm-hmm. Thursday at, at Indy, Lucas Oil Stadium, obviously a different venue, different city. It's always been a staple in Chicago, but to uh, move to the Cavernous Dome there in, in Indy, uh, just what was your impressions of the event as as a whole? Sure. And um, I think looking at the Big Ten, obviously it's Ohio State's to lose and everyone else is trying oh, yeah. to trying to chase the Buckeyes down and and be the premier team in the Big Ten this year.
1: Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Regardless of whether you personally attended Big Ten Media Days, watched it on TV, or didn't pay attention to it at all, no one was going to draw any other conclusion afterward other than Ohio State is the presumptive favorite to take the entire Big Ten. Um, Beyond that, uh, I thought it was run really well. It's very... um, very, they're obviously looking to spread things out a little bit as mm-hmm. we're still yeah. mid the pandemic technically, even mm-hmm. though more people are vaccinated now. Um, so it was definitely very spacious there in Lucas Oil Stadium. Stuff was really well spread out, and it made it look really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Just very, um, just like a very. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is not regal or elegant, but just a very you know professional mm-hmm. event, I guess is the right way to put it, which is what the Big Ten obviously should be. It's a Power Five conference. Yeah. You would think everything would be looking and running in a professional manner. I obviously have nothing to compare it to. I never physically went to media days up in Chicago. Um, but that being said, I thought the way it looked in, in Lucas Oil, you know, natural light flooding in and just uh, everything looking looking really professional. Mm-hmm. I go back to that word, I thought it was impressive. Um, I mean, really, the only downside that I saw from that entire Big Ten Media Days was right at the beginning of the day when Kevin Warren got to talk, and Kevin (laughs) Warren didn't seem all that prepared to actually answer any questions from anybody. He seemed to have a statement prepared to try and eat up as much possible time that could (laughs) have gone to the media, and the questions he answered, he gave very just flat non mostly non-committal responses to i think that's the only disappointment i really took away from big Ten media days i thought everything else was great illinois did a good job brett, brett milamo was the life of the party he was he took Plenty of questions up on the big stage Sat for an hour at his individual stage And answered a ton of questions from all kinds Of different people. Darian Lowe I thought Had a great uh, great showing over there He's extremely well spoken. He's Mm -hmm. gotten to Get a lot of media reps in during his time In Illinois and uh, obviously with his Story of being a family man, having two kids And a wife, still playing football Balancing all that. I think it just makes him an Easy guy to want to root for Uh, And I think he put out a lot of really Positive vibes for Illinois as did Doug Kramer and Owen Carnegie your oh, Owen bringing a little bit more of the, the humor, you know, talking about how he uh, got one of Brett Bielema's watches and how he was wearing it better than Brett, uh, Brett was, things like that, you know, that's always fun. And Doug Kramer representing the state of Illinois as well is a, is a good touch, so... Yeah, In, I, was Im- I was impressed by most everything at Big Ten Media Days, uh, I'll say.
0: Encouraging news, too, that Brett Biela revealed last Thursday as well is that he feels by the time Illinois starts training camp, which we don't have a complete schedule yet, but we know mm-hmm. it's going to start sometime next week, I It's going to start
1: August. They're going to report August 1st. It will start August 2nd. Okay.
0: Um... We don't know exactly all the details no. involved still in, in training camp. We'll games. probably
1: find out this week, uh, at the end of this week, I would think. Encour-
0: Encouraging news, though, is that Brett Bielma believes his roster is going to be 100% vaccinated yeah. going into the season, which you look around the rest of college football, that's oh, yeah. uh, it's definitely seems to be an outlier right now.
1: Uh, yeah, I wonder how much of an outlier it will be. Um, I think the Big Ten is probably going to be more on the vaccination side of things than, mm-hmm. say, the conferences down south and the schools down south. Um, but, but yeah, this wasn't, uh, Bielema reiterated many times, this wasn't uh, we forced the kids to go do anything and Badarian Lowe and Owen Carney really backed that up saying, no, we just had conversations among ourselves as players basically saying – we don't want to miss any time um, if we can avoid it. I mean, Doug Kramer missed two games. He said it was one of the worst experiences of his college career because he had to watch. He had to sit from a hotel room as mm-hmm. he showed no symptoms of COVID.
0: He said to sit out as a contact. Tracing. Yeah,
1: right, and he just had to sit there and watch his, his teammates get battered and bruised, mm-hmm. and they fought through it, but he watched them get beat up for games against Purdue and um, – Purdue and Minnesota. Minnesota, thank you. You're going to say Wisconsin. Not not Wisconsin. They got beat up at. Wisconsin they got be, beat year. up earlier. <laughs> I think Doug Kramer was part of that game. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the basically they just said, you know what, uh, we want to get vaccinated to make sure that we can stay as a unit throughout the season. Obviously, there are breakthrough cases, but they're few and far between. And you hope Illinois doesn't have to deal with those issues. And being vaccinated certainly uh, uh, gives them a better chance of staying one hundred percent healthy on the field.
0: All right. uh, It's watch list season as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number of players and watch lists are just kind of too numerous to count. But, Colin, you've been keeping tabs on it as best you can all week. Illinois has been represented on several of these. And, again, these are just watch lists. There's about usually I'd say roughly anywhere from 50 to more than 100 players that are named to. Right. A certain watch list given out to uh to all these w- different awards uh, based on positions but where does illinois stand right now when it comes to players getting some preseason recognition
1: yeah so the most recent one which i haven't even gotten a chance to throw anything online yet because i've been working on some other stuff was uh blake hayes the uh all-star punter of many years for illinois now being named to the ray guy award watch list uh this is something blake hayes has been tied to Throughout his career, I think Illinois fans, especially as he was going, as the team was going through lean years and and Blake Hayes was probably one of the most (laughs) promising players on the team, at least as far as what he was actually providing on the field, Um, they wanted to see him properly compensated for, you know, these coffin corner kicks and all these amazing punts that he was, he was putting off, but, uh,
0: and also the, uh, two really good runs he had last yeah right well. right <laughs> yeah
1: now that he's a running back as well <laughs> um but he's on this watch list for the second s- consecutive year given to the nation's top punter as you would expect um so yeah blake hayes i mean la- last season was kind of there was in the middle of the season there was a rare down period for him where he actually had a few short punts and lovey smith was actually to, having to answer questions about blake hayes during mm-hmm. zoom conference calls which and did not happen at any other point in his college career. I don't think Blake Hayes has been a bastion of uh, just um, consistency at punter. So I would expect him to to be back to to regular form this year. Hopefully he gets to break off a few more runs as well because that's a lot of fun for for everybody. (laughs) Um, As far as other watch lists go, Jake Hansen has been the primary guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's uh, he's on three separate watch lists now, named to his third one yesterday. Uh, the Bronco Nagurski Trophy, uh, given to the nation's top defensive player as determined by the Football Writers Association. Uh, he was also named to the Bednarik Award watch list, which is given to the top defensive player as determined by some NCAA coaches and sports writers. Uh, and then he's also on the watch list for probably most important Illinois fans, the Buckkiss Award. Name for a certain former Illini slash Chicago Bears player of the same name, uh, given to college football's best linebacker. So Jake Hansen, obviously, a lot of steam behind him as mm-hmm. far as uh, potential awards going into the season. Sixth-year linebacker has been the the heart and soul of this defense for multiple years now. Um, Doesn't project to be any different moving forward this season, regardless of uh, maybe if he's used in any different way uh, under Brett Bielema's staff.
0: Chase Brown is on the Doak Walker Award Mm -hmm. watch list, given to the the top running back. And then Mm -hmm. uh, Vidarian Lowe and uh, Doug Kramer are on uh, the Outland Trophy watch list. Yep, and Uh, Doug Kramer's also on the running Which is given to the best center in in the country. So there's uh, kind of the rundown of of the watch list. We'll see if uh, those guys can can stay on there uh, throughout the course of the season. You ready for a little draft, Colin? Do a little draft. All right. Uh, obviously, the big uh, talking point in college athletics for the last week or so has been conference realignment. Thanks, Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, for basically leaving the Big 12 in shambles and, and going to greener pastures oh. in the SEC. Uh, you'd have to think by the end of this decade, the current landscape of college athletics is going to change dramatically so with that being said we're getting out in front of this Colin and we are going to we're just going to give Kevin Warren some free advice okay? and we're going to name 10 schools that could be possible additions that we think
1: can we name schools that can be subtractions <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> I'm we'll, we'll, keep, can, we'll, we'll keep
0: the 14 teams in here we, we all I,
1: know who we're talking about anyway, so it's fine.
0: I, th- I think <laughs> I'm going with Rutgers and Maryland. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on board with that as well, Colin. It still feels weird that they're they're even in the Big Ten, and maybe that's why Mike Loxy didn't get any questions last week at the podium. Um, but anyway, we're going to pick ten schools that we think would be good additions to the Big Ten if they were to pursue conference realignment yep. at some point in the future. So, Colin, uh, you get the first pick. I don't really think you can mess this up, so good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> well now, <laughs> now I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Um,
1: well since it hasn't officially happened yet, I'm just going to go ahead and pick Texas. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to wow. go ahead and say, well, okay. just go go get Texas go before get Texas. Okay. they officially move to <laughs> new league the bold, before they go the to the SEC. One. I mean, they kind of they they. I mean I think from a geography standpoint it I, I know they're far relatively far away from many of the schools but I still think there's so a is lot Rutgers. Of, Yeah, there's still a lot of sense to be made there. Um and I think Texas brings a lot of just um good matchups, good branding, good everything really to, A lot of passionate fans. Yeah, to the Big 10. Um, so, yeah, I I I say get out in front of it and somehow subvert this. Maybe you maybe and
0: if they join the Big Ten, you see Matthew McConaughey on the sidelines. There here you Champagne.
1: I like that. All right. So I Bold. I messed it up, but I subverted. <laughs> I, I'm subverting the SEC <laughs> to have Texas join the Big Ten. All right, instead. why not? Um,
0: my first pick. I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame. Just get it done. Big Ten. It's been rumored yeah. for ages that this needs to happen. Although it probably won't, given Notre Dame and its ACC right. ties that are already built in there and. They obviously still want to stay independent even after their brief one-year run in the ACC because of the pandemic. But it makes sense; it's a national brand. Um, It would just be—can you imagine seeing you know Notre Dame, Michigan every year, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin every year? Uh, Mm -hmm. That would just be a, a boon to the Big Ten. Football landscape. So uh, let's go, Kevin Warren. Step up to the plate. Get, yeah. Get Notre Dame on board. And
1: that one games. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, are you going to pick Oklahoma now for your <laughs> second pick, college?
1: <How laughs> Maybe I should. Is it a package <laughs> deal? I guess it's kind of a package deal, isn't it? Um. <laughs> Butler. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that one's going to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> they what? do. A, they do a football there. In yeah, the Pioneer League. League. Um, Is that
0: FCS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um thank you go, for the little distraction. Yeah, I okay. like that. Yeah.
1: Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get Missouri in the big ten.
0: Ooh. Why
1: not? All right. <laughs> I like that idea. Maybe Illinois could have somebody to actually beat in a few sports <laughs> that they struggle in um or have struggled in in the past um because Missouri Kind of seems to struggle in some of the same sports that Illinois does along the same timelines, at least since I've been here, right. since 2014.
0: I so think, I think Illinois fans could get on board for that. And
1: the rivalry obviously exists. you yeah. got bragging rights already in Maybe place you, from and a basketball play, perspective.
0: play them twice in basketball, and I know they're going to be back on the football schedule by the time uh, I'm approaching 50, I think. There you go. Uh, in about a decade or so. Um, so, yeah, that'll be... Yeah, Why not? They're, and
1: right. they're close, too. You're not talking big travel. Though. Yeah, there you go. It's perfect.
0: Uh, I'm going to go to the uh, conference that will be known as the Big 12 and won't be known as the Big 12 <laughs> in a few years, <laughs> whenever, whenever that gets disbanded. And I'm going to say, go to Iowa State. Okay. Uh, Matt Campbell obviously has a football program rolling right now. Well, don't know how long that can be sustained or don't know how long Matt Campbell will be in Ames, Iowa. It's probably the better question. But... It makes sense geographically, and, yes. and I'm kind of a traditionalist in this sense, where you know geography kind of matters in mm-hmm. conferences, which yes, is why it feels so weird that Nebraska and Rutgers can play each other. Right. And it's a Big Ten game, or right. Creighton's in the Big East for basketball, mm-hmm. things like that. Sure, um, I think Iowa State would add uh, an intriguing. Layer to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you could get the Iowa Iowa State rivalry going. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Iowa State Nebraska, obviously, with their ties and the, the Big Eight and the Big Twelve, already got that going. Um, it's not too far away. No, it um, would give. Nebraska You're already going to Iowa, so. exactly. Um, so why not go to Ames? Yeah, nice town too. I know their basketball program was really bad this past season, but they got that Hilton magic in basketball and football. You know that's a it's a program that for decades just was not any good at all and now is really good somehow and yeah i uh, again don't know how sustainable that is but uh to me iowa state seems like a like a logical pick although logic yep. doesn't make a lot of sense in co- college no. conference realignment. it's all about money yes that's
1: that's all you got uh you would hate the pioneer football league by the way if you need a <laughs> league that has geography involved san diego's in that league as wow. is butler, and all there's right. te- there's a team from New York in there too, so it's Makes pretty so. much a mess of a league. It's a whole. I think that's, that's I think, really
0: easy on the travel budget for struggling college <laughs> athletic department. I think
1: I think like there's a team from Jacksonville, Florida in that league too, so it's pretty <laughs> much all over the place. Um, for my third pick, uh, I am going to also go in the fracturing Big Twelve and bring in your team, the Kansas Jayhawks, Rock Chalk. Uh, because. And Illinois definitely is going to win some <laughs> football games, um, uh, but bask from a basketball perspective. I mean, that's some some history right there. Um, you absolutely want to get that involved in in your conference for the Big Ten, a uh, Big Ten if you can, uh, because the Big Ten is pretty on the up in basketball right now. I would say uh, It could be a top. Could have been the top conference last season, NCAA tournament results notwithstanding. Um, As far as basketball goes, you bring Kansas in, you add to that culture. Um, Again, not a horrible trip. You're already making a trip to Nebraska, so why not make a trip to Kansas at that point? Um, I think there's just a lot of good matchups to be mined from that, and the Kansas brand carries a lot of weight, even though the football program is not very good.
0: All right, I'm gonna continue poaching Big Twelve members and mm-hmm. and stay in the Sunflower State and go with Kansas State. Yep, uh, obviously they bring that huge media market of Manhattan, Kansas, not Manhattan, New York. <laughs> um, football program obviously has been consistent for the better part of the last two three decades after Bill Snyder really turned that yeah horrible program into a consistent one. Uh, basketball-wise, I think it'd just be cool if Bruce Weber is still coaching Kansas State to have them play Illinois twice a year. <laughs> it'd be very interesting for me to see. Um, yeah, Kansas State, just make it a package deal with Kansas and, yeah. and come join the come join the Big Ten. Now we're getting into kind of some not-so-sexy names, I guess you could say, after.
1: Well, nothing. you could just get really creative, which is what I'm considering here, although I just looked at the, the map, and holy cow, you cannot make that drive. Um <laughs> Uh you could, it would just be long yeah all you' right. better better pop uh, pop a flight for the one that I was looking at um let's go ahead and let's jump into the a c c all right, let's go ahead and get Louisville. Ooh. Um right. another not so terrible trip you're making yeah. there. Okay. Louisville has eight, Louisville goes I feel like they go through cycles with their major programs where they go from like really good to they fall off a cliff and yeah. then they're really good. And then again they'll, and then they'll hire
0: then they'll hire Bobby Petrino again yeah. in football. Oh god.
1: <laughs> there's some uh there's some local connections down there as well, especially with Louisville baseball there you go. Uh, in recent years. So okay. um with your Champagne area. So yeah, I, I, I like Louisville. I think um I think that makes a bit of sense it's not the most there there were some other acc teams i was looking at first that are far more ridiculous it it, it won't
0: happen because it makes sense but still logical uh i'm gonna go with another logical pick although this school would be insane to leave the sec right now even though they're basically the bottom feeders in in football and and basketball can't say that about baseball necessarily Mm -hmm. but uh give me vanderbilt i was thinking about vanderbilt um Prominent city in Nashville, it expands the Big Ten's footprint mm-hmm. south mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Football program's really bad, yeah. so you could chalk that up as almost a gimme win every season. It's like the they'd be the Rutgers of the south for the Big Ten's sake. Yep. Obviously, baseball would be an entirely different challenge in <laughs> the Big
1: Ten. That'd be, be fun, though. You got that whistling guy coming back to <laughs> Illinois Field. I'm sure Scott really appreciates that guy. Just What's your problem with Keyshawn Vaughn? What's your problem
0: with him? <laughs> I, I have no pro- qualms with Keyshawn Vaughn. He, he was always nice to me when he was at Illinois, always he respectful. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, you know, went to his hometown school after Garrick McGee decided to not make him the top running back, and then he that's, became the Commodores' top running back. That's kind of sad. Trent Sherfield, Danville native, starred at Vanderbilt, but he's still in the NFL. So I got no problem with, with Nashville. Nice city too. They produce
1: NFL running backs.
0: They do. Oh, it, that's true. That,
1: that's who else I was thinking of. I was thinking of a story Bob wrote last plus, year. Plus,
0: plus basketball wise too. I think it'd just be cool to go cover a game down there at Memorial Gymnasium and their really weird setup. And who knows? It's if, a box. Who knows if a Jerry box. Stackhouse is ever gonna get that program turned around and all? But Kevin yeah. Stallings had it rolling for a while. Here's, Illinois here's native.
1: Here's my other local connection that I couldn't remember the name, so I had to go look it up on our website. Camden Coleman. Uh, oh, former yeah, uni, uni high, high yeah, yeah. who's with he uh, never
0: played football until he got Devin.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What a strange path. <laughs> an awesome mean, path. Yeah, too. they have a lower threshold to get on the team. No, he was just a really good athlete. Really good athlete. <laughs> he just a par- well uni high didn't have a football team. Yeah. which obviously problem. Um. Anyway, with my fifth pick, yeah, fifth and final, final pick, pick. Uh, I'm staying in the SEC. It's a team uh, that is not leaving the SEC. Not not for the Big Ten. Not for anyone. I wouldn't think uh, Kentucky okay makes, um, makes again sense. again the basketball side of things mm-hmm. you cannot pass up that opportunity if kentucky decides they suddenly want out of the sec um obviously football is a different story but that's not such a bad thing um And uh, I'm sure there's some other sports over Kentucky that they're good at. We just know them more for basketball than anything else. And, again, I feel like you and I have both rooted almost all, if not all, of our picks in geography, which Mm -hmm. I think needs to be a realistic part of a conference, honestly. Um, I think that's a huge deal. I know money talks. But... It's just so hard to manufacture a rivalry out of Illinois Maryland. I mean, that's just you're not you're <laughs> not going to do it unless Mike Loxley comes onto Memorial Stadium and stomps all over the block eye in the middle of the, the Zupke field. And, and then and Ron it. Zook
0: plants a, a Maryland <laughs> flag in the fifty. Or a Green line.
1: Bay flag. I mean, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> it, After he has some
0: it. questionable special teams calls late in the game. <laughs> um, my fifth and final pick. I'm taking geography out the window. I just think this is again pure comedy standpoint i guess but uh, i think it'd be it'd be intriguing for me to see this from a football field because i wouldn't know which team was which and that's that's syracuse (laughs) because uh when illinois made their uniform changes what three four years ago uh first thing you think of at least for me when i saw them was man that looks like looks like syracuse and that's always been kind of something with the, the same color schemes and things like that uh basketball perspective Syracuse has got it going on. Get a chance to play in the Carrier Dome for both football and basketball. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I know our editor Jeff DeLiseo. I was going to say on, you made that pick for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> on board with with that, but uh, why not? Out of the box a little bit. Syracuse football program's been so-so. Illinois has won at the Carrier Dome in the recent past. The 07 yeah. season, they went out there and, and won. So yeah, My, uh, give me give me Syracuse in the Big Ten, and plus too that helps you got it takes care of kind of the east coast as well you've got rutgers and maryland and you can play syracuse maryland in the big 10 which sounds incredibly insane to talk about but i'm sure a decade ago for recording this podcast it'd be insane to say that oh nebraska maryland are going to be in the big 10 So we'll we'll come back in 10 years and listen to this and see how (laughs) wrong we were. My my
1: totally out of left field pick that I looked up, which would, again, never happen because probably because they're just never getting separated from North Carolina was Duke. Yeah. (laughs) I think that would be just a lot of fun to have Duke in the Big Ten, especially from a basketball perspective. Football, I mean, not bad either. Um, But basketball, like, well. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in this week, Scott. Thanks for filling in. Uh, You can come back next week if you want to.
1: Okay, all right. Sounds <laughs> good.
0: All right, well uh this is episode 27 of Inside Atlanta Football until next week. Talk to you guys then.